Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I don't know about you, but I am so grateful for another Friday. Let me tell you, it's been a week. It has been a full-fledged week. And I don't know, I'm just grateful for us to just have made it and life and all of the things. So if this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, please, for the love of all things great, don't let this be your last I want you to go ahead. We have an extensive catalog of different blog podcasts. I was about to say blogs because I am a blogger as well, but we have a lot of podcasts that may fit your situation. We have things about self-care, mental health, life, children, marriage, dating. You think of it, we probably have you covered. And the reason is simple. Having these conversations help bringing another perspective, listening to other people who have gone through or are going through some of the things that you may find difficult, challenging, and you need to just be uplifted in every possible way. We got you here. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you continue to support and you have three ways to support. One way would be to obviously listening. You're doing that part right now. The second would be to review. If there's an episode that really touched your heart, let me know. And the third way is to share. If you share this with others, others will be able to listen. Not only does it help numbers, but it just lets me know where you are, what you need. And I try to do the episodes according to what I see. So when I see in the fluctuation of relationships, I'll go back and cover. If I see in the fluctuation of self-care or mental health, I'll go back and cover. If there's ever a time when you feel like Latoy, you're not covering enough. I want you to cover something different. Send me an email. My email is toytimeblog at gmail.com. That is T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. I have no problems whatsoever assisting you, giving you what you need because that's what I'm here for. So as we get into these conversations for the week, um, I just want you to be encouraged. There are so many times when we're struggling and we feel again like we're some magical unicorn because oftentimes we feel by ourselves. But we don't want to have that happen for you here because here we're about support and we want to make sure that you have all of the things that you could need. So if you are like me and you need a little bit more assistance in one area versus something else, I want you to understand that I got you and we want you to be healthy and happy. But this week we have a treat. We have Dr. Marnie and she is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate in education from Northern Illinois University and completed her postdoctoral studies at Harvard after a very successful and rewarding 35-year career as a high school special education teacher. Now listen, that's, that's a lot already, right? With 12 years as a university adjunct graduate school professor, Marnie's life was forever changed after experiencing numerous trauma-induced STE spiritual transformative encounters. Marnie's 2020 best book, award-winning spiritual fiction, 
called God Came to My Garage Sale is a prom prominently endorsed by James Redfield, who is a best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series of books and founding directors of INNDS, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Marnie's latest pr prominently endorsed five-book series is entitled True Deceit, False Love, and it addresses domestic violence, narcissistic behavior, parental alienation, and intergenerational family trauma. Marnie is a lover of animals, natures, music, and world travel who handles life challenges with love and compassion. She follows honesty. She values honesty, integrity, equality, and goodness and prays for peace on earth. In addition to her speaking engagements and various writing endeavors, she is a contributing author to numerous anthology books, including The Last Breath, The Evolution of Echo, We're All in This Together, Embrace One Another, Passing the Pearls, The Ultimate Book of Dog Lovers, and BLU Talks Presents Business Life and the Universe. In January 20 of 22, Marnie was inducted into the best-selling authors international organization. Dr. Marnie, loves books, podcasts, and TV interviews, guest articles, and more. So you can always find all that you need from her website called GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. You know, we will always include, always, 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 always include in the show notes, anything that you need to click on to follow Dr. Marnie as well as her books and all the things that you need to keep yourself focused. But today's conversation is going to be a hard conversation. I want to put a slight trigger warning that we are talking about narcissistic behavior. And if you've ever dealt with narcissistic behavior, you know how very encompassing it encompasses it can be. You know how hurtful it can be when you've discovered that the person that you have started to love or fell in love with or a best friend or a coworker is showing or exemplifying narcissistic behavior. We're going to talk about those things and that could be a trigger. So although the conversation on the surface is not fully a trigger conversation, it could possibly trigger some feelings inside of you. You know, one of the things that you do when you're healing and you've gotten past certain things, when someone brings up a topic, it takes you back. So this conversation may be one of those ones that takes you back to a point when you struggle with a narcissistic person. You know, we talk about gaslighting. We're going to talk about all of these different things. And because this conversation got pretty intense, not, it wasn't a heated debate or anything like that, but just because it got intense, this is now a part two. So this is part one, and then we will have part two for you for next week. So again, we have Dr. Marnie. She has all these amazing books that talks about all the ways to identify, you know, true love and the seed of love and, you know, the different things that narcissistic people bring to the table and more. But in this particular conversation, again, I want to give a slight trigger warning because when you hear stuff or conversations that bring up things from your past, things that you've had to deal with at one point, and now you're having to reshift, refocus and all the things, again, it could be somewhat triggering to have to go back. But if you do remember this, just remember this, whatever you've come through and somebody speaks about something that you know that you've gotten through and it sparks something, go back and work through that. 
And secondly, use that as a moment to just give yourself five seconds of credit and say, Lord, I thank you for getting me through. I didn't think I was able to get through that. I thought I was going to be overtaken. I thought this thing was going to just take me out. The, my partner, my spouse that I thought I loved, who thought I loved and who thought he loved me or she loved me back. I discovered that they were just, you know, they weren't the one for me and they were doing all these things to deceive me. But in all of those things, I have found a way to be victorious. I have found a way to be stronger. I have found a way to get out. And if you're in the midst of that, you don't know how to get out. You're struggling with what's the next step. You know that it's going to be a journey. I want you to understand that the difficulty in moving into that next step will then be revealed after everything is said and done. And there's going to be something that's going to be very life-changing and charging from this conversation as well as part two. So stay tuned. We're going to bring Dr. Marnie on and she's going to have a conversation because again, there's not one person that I'm fully aware of that I know who has never had to deal with a narcissistic person in any area of their life. So without any further ado, thank you for joining us in our conversations with Toy Community, Family, Embrace Dr. Marnie. Today's podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I personally use Athletic Greens because I don't like taking a bunch of supplements and vitamins. It's something about the pills that I just can't do every single day. And regardless of your lifestyle, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, whatever your lifestyle is, this will be for all. Also, we're all about saving money and it only costs you less than $3 a day. Not to mention, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So that means five, at least 7,000 other people, including myself, who have used it and know the benefits of it. In addition, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. That's right, one scoop in a cup of your water that you drink every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply, one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first pack purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. Welcome, 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 Conversations with Toy Family. I am so, so, so excited to just be with you guys one more week. And in that, we have a guest this week. You know I love guests. We absolutely love guests because we get to hear a different perspective that we can, we don't have to emulate, but we can bring slices of what they've done and find that it may work for us. When we get to have together and we have conversations, that's what it is. It's a conversations for us to hear, learn, uh, adapt, find ways to say that was me. I did the same thing, or I never heard it that way, right? We get to hear new perspectives. So today is just like that. We get to hear another new, fresh perspective. I have Dr. Marnie here and she, although she is very acclaimed, she has a lot of things that she's done. We're just going to have the conversations that we all want to hear. What are some of the ways that which we can do better? What are the ways that we've learned and failed? Like, I don't think you understand how much failure is sometimes our best teacher. Like we learn through the things that we failed or things that we didn't get right. And so Dr. Marnie, we're so grateful, 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 grateful to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Toy, for having me on your podcast. 
Awesome. So I would love to just talk about some of the things I know you have so many different topics that you have covered or things that you've done dealt with. And I want to talk about specifically today about narcissistic narcissistic behavior, because I know that you have a lot of unfortunate experience with that. But talk to me about what you consider to be a narcissistic person. You know, I think there are many definitions for uh, people with a narcissistic personality disorder. And of course, so many of these people with these traits never get diagnosed, you know, properly. They don't feel like anything is wrong with them. Um, you know, they're always pointing the finger at other people. Um, so I guess in general terms, I would say someone with a narcissistic personality disorder, um, you know, has a lack of empathy for other people and their emotional well-being. They are all about themselves and, you know, uh, getting ahead or achieving a goal. And it doesn't matter who they kind of trample on. Um, to get to that goal. And, you know, my unfortunate experience has to do with a covert malignant narcissist, you know, and of course, there's numerous different kind of um, areas of narcissism, there could be a spiritual narcissist, there could be an overt, you know, an overly aggressive, loud, you know, narcissist, Um, you know, covert malignant can also be considered a vulnerable narcissist, Uh, even though vulnerable isn't really used in the same term that we normally think of as vulnerable. But, you know, these particular people are very calculated and malevolent in their actions. So they kind of choose their targets, whether Mm -hmm. it is a spouse, a coworker, um, a certain family member, um, they will they will choose their targets because of their loving, empathetic nature um, to see what they can get from them. And sometimes it's money, sometimes it's assets, uh, sometimes it's just you know admiration and attention. So you know they could have all different motives depending on on you know their goal, but they definitely are about themselves and. Um, and the, the covert malignants are really calculated. They, they actually are on a mission to destroy you, to gaslight you, to make you feel unworthy, to, you know, belittle you, even though you might be an accomplished person, they might, you know, try to whittle you down so that your self-worth, you know, is really in the gutter when really that's not how people should be. They really should build up other people and celebrate their strengths and their challenges. What has been some, like, when you say it could be in relationships with, you know, your coworker or a spouse, what are some ways in which, because some people understand the definition, right? They understand it, but they don't understand it when they see it, when they experience it, because they're attached to it emotionally. So they don't, they don't take the time to be like, oh, that behavior that I saw or that red flag. Like a lot of times we miss a lot of red flags. Oh, yes. So how do how can someone recognize that? Well, there's many different you know ways this can manifest. Let's say in a workplace, um, you could have someone that um, is very jealous of, of 
you know, your standing in a company or something or your accomplishments. And so they will try to take credit for what you have done, you know, um, and make sure that their name is put on a project, um, even though they might not have had anything to do with that. Um, these people will actually kind of set up scenarios in the workplace to um almost guarantee that you'll fail at something. And then there's a lot of backstabbing that goes on. You know, people might not understand the term gaslighting, um, you know, but gaslighting is, you know, very manipulative. That can be done to other people as well to get them to question the worth or value of a particular person. And that can be very detrimental in the workplace because, you know, you might need your job just to survive. Um, you might um, have the perfect job and, and would like to move up in the ranks within the company, but you are being sabotaged by someone with, you know, narcissistic personality that really wants the accolades for themselves, and they don't mind who they trample on. Um, in a relationship, you know, it, it shows up on so many different ways. We talked about gaslighting, but there's also isolation. Mm -hmm. You know, if you find yourself isolated from your friends and family, you know, or even things that you like to do, concerts you like to go to, restaurants you want to enjoy or whatever, you just, you, you almost, when you are isolated by uh, someone with this personality disorder, um, you, you tend to even isolate yourself. You might think, oh, well, they really mean well. They're really looking out for me. So I'll avoid this situation or I'll avoid this person when really you shouldn't be doing that. These could be sincere, wonderful relationships or situations that you really enjoy. Um, so you slowly use, lose your self-worth. So isolation is a big part of it. And then there's a smear campaign. If you realize that all of a sudden some neighbors that you were previously close to for years just kind of keep their distance or stop talking with you, something has changed and you can't really quite figure out what it is, there's a very good chance that your narcissistic partner is laying the groundwork. You know, it's a very common behavior. In fact, they even say there's a narcissistic playbook because so many of these players, you know, follow the same kinds of um, behaviors. You can almost like someone could tell their situation or their experience and another person could be like, oh my gosh, that sounds like my relationship exactly. And you know, so there's isolation, there's smearing, there's sabotaging, gaslighting, um, you know, and there are a lot of other kinds of red flags that go along with this whole dynamic. If, if um, you know, you can catch them in a lie and they, they are notorious for lying, but they will defend their lie to no end. Like they will they say, no, you you. yeah, you did not see what you saw. You did <laughs> not hear what you heard. Right. And, and even if you had it on a, a recorder, you know, even if you videotaped it and played it back, they'll say, well, well, you're misinterpreting that, you know, and so they really will, they'll, they'll hold on to their false narrative right up to the end. And, and you need to kind of question 
If your gut feeling is telling you something's not right in this relationship, whether it's a partner, a friend, a coworker, something is probably not right. And you should pay attention to those feelings. Right. And then a lot of times how, you know, when you see people where um, they're in this situation, this is happening, they're full blown in it. They realize that obviously they're, they're, they're feeling all the things they're feeling isolated. They're feeling very upset. You know, they're, they're catching the person alive. They can't even get the person to admit it. Um, and then it plays on their self, their confidence, their self, their confidence, their ability to, to love themselves, to remove themselves from that. How can a person who's really deep into that, because I know that takes a lot of layers and a lot of things that come out of that. Like how does someone, you know, be able to move away from that area, from that lifestyle, from that person, from that whole situation? That's a great question. And it, it does look different for different people. Of course, if they're, if you believe there to be a physical threat, you know, and I've experienced physical threats, you know, you need to get to safety immediately, you know, just drop everything and, and make sure that you are safe. We read too many headlines of these abusive men and women that, you know, will go so far as to murder another person or their children because they want that revenge. They want to get back at them. And so seriously, if you are, if your safety is compromised, if you even believe a little bit that it is, you know, follow that gut feeling and, and get some, some help. Um, you know, I think that it, it's, if you're, if it, if you're in an ideal situation and you have a little time to think about it, I would really, um, you know, do a little planning before you escape. That is something that I didn't do. And I really wish that I looked into resources. There are wonderful books out there about, you know, divorcing your narcissist. Uh, Tracy Malone actually has a fantastic new book out on that. Um, where she gives you lots of tips about everything, you know, not just children and home, but, you know, picking a lawyer and, and getting your finances in order. You know, all of these abusers, they rob you. You know, they're the ones that lie, cheat, and steal, mm-hmm. even though they might accuse you of those things. But the thing you know, they accuse you of them when they're the ones doing it in the first place. Right. So it's definitely they they engage in blame shifting and projection. So really, it's like they're looking into a mirror and kind of telling on themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, so their mask ends up falling. And actually, when it comes to mirroring, in many ways, we need to do a deep dive and reflect on ourselves because we actually mirror in a different way, like, because we're honest, loving, good people. We look at the people that we surround ourselves, whether it's a childhood best friend, you know, whether it's a, a, you know, extended family, whether it is a partner or even a coworker, we look at them through the lens of our goodness. And we're giving people credit sometimes where they don't deserve credit. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that that's extremely critical. And it's also at some point, very, very important to do some look into your own family of origin interactions with your parents primarily um, to see if there's intergenerational abuse or patterns that you observed and absorbed 
throughout your childhood that kind of laid the foundation for your future relationships. You know, if you find yourself in a devastating situation with, with, you know, someone with these personality traits, um, very abusive behaviors, there's a good chance that you experienced some abuse at some level, you know, growing up and you need to do that deep dive. And that's extremely painful too, because you might realize that some relationships, family members that you were close to, you no longer resonate with because you realize what they have been doing. They might have just engaged in some of the same behaviors. They might be narcissistic themselves and are, are sabotaging your life. You know, they don't want you to live a positive life and they're constantly challenging you and questioning you. And it's just, oh, it's all this chaos and, and negativity. If you go away from these interactions, feeling like, oh, that was exhausting or that was no fun or whatever. You have to kind of realize you might need to, you know, step back from these relationships. Doesn't mean you don't love them, you right. know, and of course you have these connections. Um, but the, the fantasy of having, you know, this perfect family or that everyone gets along or that everyone has well intentions is not always true. So what do you think about... Um, people who like, let's say as a single person, this is prior to marriage, prior to engulfing in a relationship, right? What are some of the things that people can do to kind of not necessarily shield themselves from these things, but how can they, how can they pursue a healthy mindset before entering a relationship? Because I feel like a lot of that is where we, we fail at. We kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're happy we're single and then we find someone and then because we finally have gotten to this point where someone is paying us some attention, you know, they're loving on us the way that we think we want to be loved. How can like, what are some of the things that we can look for prior to either entering a relationship or just to be single and healthy on our own? Because some people, again, you know, they wait until they get deep into it. They're, they're already married. They've already bypassed the red flags. They're deep into the situation. What can they do? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, hindsight is 2020. I mean, you really <laughs> wish you could go back and, and say, oh my gosh, that was a red flag. And that was a red flag. I, you know, in my own personal situation, I, I left a marriage after 27 years. And, you know, um, there were red flags before I even got married. So I wish that I had, you know, had somewhere to turn for advice. So I would say there's a lot of things that you can do. First of all, um, be very cautious about who you meet, whether it's online or in person, because people aren't always what they seem to be, especially in the beginning. There's a term called love bombing, where you're mm-hmm. kind of put on a pedestal where, you know, the abuser, which you don't think they're an abuser, you because you're projecting your goodness onto other people, Um, you know, they listen very intently to anything that you say, and they mirror that back to you. So if you really like going to um, orchestra concerts, they will be like, oh my gosh, I love orchestra concerts. Mm -hmm. When really, you know, they're into heavy metal, They're, they're not into orchestra concerts, but they will say that to kind of get you to sort of connect with them. Um, If your favorite food is 
Um, Japanese food, for example, that is their favorite food too. Right. And then all of a sudden the dates turn to Japanese restaurants right. or orchestra and yeah, that's, that's the, that's the reeling in, reeling in. Right. And you really feel like, oh my gosh, you know, well, at least on some level, I'm starting to meet my soulmate and, and, but what they are also doing is they're interviewing you indirectly. They want to know everything about you and really anything you share can and will be used against you at some point in this relationship. You just don't know it, but they will go back to conversations you had before you even partnered up um, and throw something in your face and twist it around or whatever. You know, they want to know what makes you hurt. They Mm -hmm. want to know if you've had some losses, if you've had some failed relationships, if you've had some jobs or situations that, you know, didn't work out because they are taking notes. They want to know all that stuff. So that is extremely important um, to, to take your time in relationships. Um, it's very easy to get, you know, caught up in the lust and the excitement of, of all of this, especially if you're at a stage in your life where you want a family or you want children and, um, and believe me, this happens to men as much as it happens to women. So yeah. everyone should sort of be on the lookout. Um, if it's too good to be true, it probably is probably, yeah, it's probably yeah. too good to be true and pay attention to that. And I think, you know, also it's very important to get comfortable with who you are and be alone with yourself. You know, some people seem to have a need to always want to be around others mm-hmm. and they get that validation from an external source, right? And we need to move away from that need for external validation. We need to find, you know, um, comfort in who we are. And, you know, not to say that we're, we can't change or, you know, we shouldn't change. Yeah, we should be open to that, but we should know what we like, what our passions are. And we also should know what our values are. You know, I, I, my biggest value is honesty. You know, if someone is dishonest with me, that's it. I, you know, they've really shown their colors to me. The thing is, is you don't always recognize dishonesty when it is happening. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes it takes 27 years before the light bulb goes on and you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's too long. I gotta go. Right. Yeah. And that's hard. I I mean, very much kudos to you for, you know, taking that journey. Cause you know, a lot of people will tell you, you've been in it for 27, you know, how could you walk away from, you know, 27 years is a lifetime. In yeah, the world. Yeah. It's a lifetime. Um, we're, my husband and I are about to celebrate 10. That's a long, you know, yeah. these, these, yeah. Congratulations. These, thank you. This longevity. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't like to leave just because of the fantasy of not wanting to feel like you failed or staying in it because again, you know, it feels comfortable, even though it's uncomfortable. Right. And people can be trauma bonded to people, you know, and I think research is key. That's one of the things that I have done in my five book series called True Deceit, False Love. The first book is a reference book of 15,555 terms and phrases on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation, and then intergenerational family trauma, because you need to do some self-reflection. But just learning the terminology 
can, you can sort of connect the dots to your own experience and it kind of makes sense what you've been through. Um, but we can be trauma bonded with people, you know, like even a close friend that you have had your whole life and they know everything about you and your family. You have this kind of sisterhood, this connection that you think is, is just, you know, nothing can penetrate that. However, even people like that, can change your situation right. can change and evolve and they can be jealous of you or they can be um they can be they can betray you mm -hmm. you know i've experienced that and that is like <sighs> when you experience that it's almost as bad as like you know breaking up with a with your partner because again you put your trust your your confidence you put your mm -hmm. your guard down because you have this longevity of years right. and you also don't realize like you, as you grow older, your, your ideal of what friendship looks like changes from maybe 30 years before or 20 sure. years before. Sure. So if anyone is listening and you've experienced that, even with a friendship level two, it can happen. And sometimes we'll yeah. stay in that friendship bond just because it's been such a long time, but it doesn't really feed your soul. Like it doesn't really, the friendship isn't really uplifting. It's just a longevity. In fact, it might even be more than just not uplifting. It could sabotage your relationship with your children, you know, with your family, with, with, I mean, the betrayal and deceit that I have found out is just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it, it's just kind of like, I never in a million years would have guessed that, that this, could have happened. this could have happened to me with like this and other relationships. And it's important to know that once you realize you're on to someone with narcissistic personality disorder, realize that they will have flying monkeys that will do their bidding. Now that's a weird term. Mm -hmm. It's taken from the Wizard of Oz, but basically they have connections. If you have a connection like a mutual friend, you know, or a family member or a coworker, they will indirectly use them. Sometimes it's direct and they say, hey, find out if they are doing this or that. But sometimes it's very indirect under the guise of care and concern. Oh, you know, I, I, I just, I know you probably don't talk to that person anymore, but oh, I just hope they're doing well. And then mm -hmm. that person will come to you and say, hey, they are only wishing you well. When really that's, it was all part of a, a bigger plan, a plan. Yeah. It's a scheme. They are mm -hmm. schemers. They are schemers and abusers. And so, you know, um, advice for when you are young and single, you know, take care of yourself and be very cautious and, um, there's no hurry. Don't be in a hurry to jump into some relationships until you really, really can see the true colors because really at some point with some people, their mask will slip kind of, you know, even right away, you know, right. so that you can really see their true colors and what they're all about. And other times it's not as easy, but you can pay attention to some inconsistencies, you right. know, and, um, you know, you hate to think that of other people. You hate to think negatively. You hate to think you have to be a detective and look into them. But, you know, I don't know. It's you got to protect yourself. 
And you, you said it earlier too, spending some time with yourself, getting to know you. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go to therapy, but I would suggest some sort of something um, so that you can kind of, you know, cover some layers of things, especially from your childhood or things that you've gone through. Because a lot of times when you don't even, like you said, when you don't know self, then you don't get what you're, you haven't, you know, made that trip or, you know, going back so you can go forward. Oftentimes you've missed a lot of things, even within yourself. And my mom always said every actor, every actress has to lay their part down. So, you know, when you've got relationships and things and people are covering things up, every some eventually lay it down. It's just that when you're in the process with them, when they go to lay it down, you don't want to still be entertained, intertwined with that. Right. And we don't want to see this. You know, we don't. We want to we want things to go along status quo. We change is very hard for a lot of people. And, you know, there are huge repercussions to leaving an abuser. Like right. I had absolutely no idea when I finally escaped. I thought, OK, I've taken a huge step here. It's all going to be uphill from now on. Oh, my gosh. Years and years later, you're dragged into court for false, fraudulent reasons. You know, in my case, both of my adult children were alienated from me, mm. which, you know, parental alienation is, is a devastating thing that happens, unfortunately, to beautiful, loving dads and moms, just because the other partner has already stolen their house, their money, their assets, right. they maybe sabotage their job, they might have, um, you know, contributed to your health being compromised. And they're going to take what, you know, means the most to you. And that could be your children. And, mm -hmm. and so experiencing that is devastating. I suppose, looking back, if I had really known that that would be part of my abuse, a part of me might have just stuck it out and let him have affairs in a double, triple, quadruple life or whatever, as long as I could still have my children in my life. But, you know, at, at some point you make decisions. And in my case, I made a decision to stay true to my values. I really believed, um, and I still believe that if I would have stayed, I would be role modeling a very negative thing for my adult children. Right. Um, that, hey, it doesn't matter how you're treated. Just and and believe me, they, they know, they, they, they know the differences between the parents. Um, you know, I'd be role modeling that, Hey, you need to stay in this no matter what, you know, right. that, and that's not a healthy way to be. So, you know, it's, uh, it's devastating to experience the death of living children, but I think research and knowledge really helps, um, come to terms with that. So understanding Stockholm syndrome and independent thinker phenomenon, understanding parental alienation and how cult-like behaviors can get people to align with them. I mean, mm -hmm. these, these abusers are very, very calculating, very skilled, very charismatic. Um, they will play the victim, whatever they'll do, they'll do anything to keep that false narrative going. And, you know, at some point you need to decide, hey, am I going to continue living and just be the best person that I can be and, you know, let the truth be known. Um, you know, I've done the healing work. I've written many books. I've, I've had candid conversations to just let the truth be known and to bring awareness that this kind of thing can happen in relationships. And, um, you know, at some point you have to kind of let go and, and let God take care of the rest. I'm, I'm going to, 
you know, I've been blessed with the opportunity to live a beautiful life. You know, I retired from my career. I was a high school special education teacher for 35 years in the Chicago suburbs. And um, 12 of those years, I was a university adjunct professor. So I retired from this career in education and I made a move to the Caribbean. So uh, for the last three years, I've been living in paradise and enjoying every single minute of that. But say, yeah. And you know, but that took a lot of courage too, to just make that move. But you know, um, and you can't escape everything, you know, you can't escape yourself and your emotions, you can't escape what some abusers will do. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. And, and I think self care is something that I know you talk a lot about, right? And, you know, it's kind of an overused term and overrated, and it looks very different for different people, but self-care is very important. Absolutely. Well, I'm grateful um, just to have this conversation and I want everyone that's listening. You heard a lot of terms that were used. Um, We're going to put Dr. Marnie's books as links because we want you to get the information because, you know, you can't have, you can't narcissistic behavior. You cannot put into one episode. So we're going to link each book because I want you to get the resources that you need so that you can hear, um, you know, read what it is that you need to do, be aware of and the flag, the red flags. Cause a lot of times, again, we miss so many red flags and that can cost us, like you said, years, money, resources, the relationships with your families, your, your children, health. Your, your, health your, your health, your health is major. Once you have that, your health hit that, that, that takes a whole nother, another right. step. Right. So, and researching is very good for people. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone wants to do therapy or can afford it. Or, um, you know, some people tune into podcasts to get information, which is fantastic. Right. You know, your conversations podcast is great for having these dialogues. Um, books are very helpful. Research is very helpful. My books, which are found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and uh, my bel- my my uh, publisher is Balboa Press with Hay House. But my books can be found for even three ninety nine for you know an e version. So for under five bucks, you could get some tools. A tool, right? Yeah, right. In fact, one of the books is a right. That's what therapy. Is a survivor's workbook. One of the books is, and and but they all are very helpful in a creative way to help you deal with trauma and just sort of make sense of what you're going through. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dr. Marnie, we're super excited to have have you on this conversation on this podcast, so we could just have that conversation. I know there's going to be so many people that are going to benefit from this, and so I'm super grateful to have had you on the show. Well, thank you. And just to your listeners, you know, we all go through challenges, all different kinds. It looks different for everyone, but you can handle these challenges by staying true to your values of love, goodness, and honesty, and do the work, do the research to look into yourself or look into others and take care of yourself, please. Amazing. So what did you think? There was a lot of things that we covered and it just probably was overwhelming. And you may be listening to this while you're folding clothes. You might be on the treadmill, getting your life together, getting snatched, getting healthy, taking care of yourself, all of those different things. I'm a firm believer that you can go back and listen to the podcast episode, go back as a point of reference 
in part two, which we will have next Friday, we talk about some of the ways in which you can take this narcissist behavior, find ways to get past it, get through it, and what small things and big things that you can add to your world, your life, and all of the things that you may need to get you to that next place. Because we know how difficult, how challenging, and how you know you may need to just refocus, reshift. So in second part or part two, this will be available next Friday. We bring a little bit more understanding, a little bit more clarity on the ways of getting through and past. And I pray for every last person who has ever had to deal with a narcissistic person that one day will be revealed. As hard as that is to swallow, as hard as it is to deal with, to actually have to, you know, come face to face with the reality of what you're dealing with and the person that you're dealing with, it's best for you to know. And I pray that God gives you the strength the resources, the know with all. And again, that you get aligned with someone that can come in, help you to figure out that next step because we are all deserving of our best lives. And sometimes having to do that is also going back and correcting the things that we didn't do the first time so that we don't make the, the mistake again for the second. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. And thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.